0: you are now about to witness the awesome uh, a crushing uh, a might Of the UG Robinson Show Stopper. Welcome, my friends. To a show that apparently never ends. The comments are back. Nice to see you, Tommy Pounds. GP. In the house? This is 176. The day MMA died. Hmm. <laughs> I'm your host, Eugenius Robinson. We're gonna bring it to you and bring it to your raw. But first... Bob Riley will sing us in as he has every day since 2007. Every week since 2007 with minor exceptions. Intro all of nothing from Stigmata's calling of the just. Still available from Revelation Records in Huntington Beach, California. where to shoot you to death in a nightclub, hit your car with a hammer, and get rid of your pro-tem mayor, who then turns around and tries to pull a palace. Cool. Until then, listen to Bob Riley sing it as he only he can sing it. I'll show you. why. But I could not see so clear. I'm taking a real good look at you, taking a real good look at your face. So being payback in full, always nothing. Yeah, you know what? Let me tell you something, buddy. Let me tell you something, buddy boy. Before we kick this off, my sister's in Istanbul, and she sent me a text uh, this morning. I love it. I was trying to remember what that thing is about in the Bible thing about hiding your bushel under the light. It didn't take her but three seconds. She didn't Google it. She caught back to me. She said uh, from the King James Version, ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. And it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Eh? Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify. Well, then it goes on to some stuff that I don't really totally agree with. Now she's in Istanbul. She just got married and now is is by city, New York and Istanbul, as, as she still maintains an apartment in New York City. Along with my other two of my sisters are there. Two are in uh, the D.C. area. Uh, not like you need to know. What are you, a cop? And, and, and anyway, uh, so that's what this is about. I'm very close to being able to talk to you about that thing I couldn't talk to you about before, but that's not what we're talking about now. Not at all. Now we're not talking about what? Ooh, what is that? Yeah, uh, we're not talking about that now. But first, let, let's 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 do the commercials. Get the commercials out of the way. Pinko nine five zero one four at yahoo.com. It's the PayPal. Uh, some of you have been sending me stuff on uh, Cash App. I don't know how you found me on Cash App, but you did a good job. Thank you. As every time you send something like Cash App, no matter how often you send me something like Cash App, it takes me 10 minutes to figure out how to get it out of Cash App, which is the joke. <laughs> I got Cash App. I got Venmo. I got PayPal. I got Tommy LB's way, the old-fashioned way, USPS. It all works. All right, keep the show on the road as this and the sub stack, which you should subscribe to. And subscribing is free. You can read it for free, or you can subscribe as you like your choik. Um, uh, sole source of income right now, baby substack and this show. That's right. That little child is not here. She eats or doesn't eat depending on how we do here. And, uh, I just got the statement for now. I remember to put everything, go live on patreoncom slash the stomper. And, uh, the, the numbers there are holding steady. I don't need more than that. I don't need more than steady declination. I do not need steady. I need up you know have that kind of that line would be nice too i'm not i'm not i'm not i'm not waiting for that i'm not going to die over that um so uh oh and uh, the other night just as a point of pride well as a point of pride um i did a show this week i actually left the house and went to a gathering of human beings inside a place other than jujitsu. um and the club was called the makeout room in san francisco and they checked uh, you had to have you had to show your vaccine card before you could get in and uh, you had to wear a mask while you were in and this is the thing which has caused of course people my 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 people the conspiracy people said this is the mark of the beast that everybody was talking about you will neither be able to buy nor sell unless you have this mark it's like ah uh, ah uh. That's why I backed off a conspiracy theory and just stick to conspiracy facts. Because this kind of stuff will make you crazy. But uh, I'm going to repeat the line, Al Pacino's line from *Glengarry Glenn Ross. You want to believe in that? That's okay. I don't. Perfectly willing to have you die. Take, Take my place in some other line, in the death line. I'd rather get shunted back. You want to cut the line and get in front of me? Go ahead. So uh, Lydia, who I hadn't seen in a long time, was there. She's uh, she's she's hustling. You might know her if you don't know her. Uh, if you come purely from the MMA world, you know her. If you type in Joe Rogan versus feminist, and it's uh, and what impressed me most about her is that face to face with the fairly quick witted uh, ho Joe game, She didn't fold. And, of course, he went to the tried and true ways to insult her. You're an out-of-shape, middle-aged woman. You got to understand. He's from Boston. She's from New York. There's there's very little somebody from Boston could say to somebody from New York that would hurt their feelings. (laughs) We get, as a New Yorker, you get much worse. You get much worse. (laughs) Yeah, no. I'm trying to help people in New York City. I almost get stabbed. That's what you get. (laughs) Trying to be helpful. Hey. You, you know, your lights are on. Fuck you. Okay. And you act like you want to say something, then you stop. At least in the South, they could still kill you, but they're friendly. Yeah. <laughs> no. Anyway, so Lydia shows up, and we're hanging out, and uh, we have dinner, and one of the guys at the dinner, and, I you know, I don't take note of him except when he first shows up, he reminds me of Satch, from uh, Eastside Comedy, the Bowery Boys, right? This is what he reminds me of. And not only that, based on the weather and the conditions of where we're presently standing, he should not be sweating, and he's sweating. So, you know, the guy's a -a rat-a-tat-tat-tat-tat. He goes, you know what? I almost got shot the other day. That's a great opening line. I'm in. I go, I was standing with a bunch of people, and I was was standing... He didn't say where or what the circumstances were. He was with a a group of people. Somebody comes into their enclave and says, which one of you is Mike? Well, he didn't wait to see the gun before he knew not to say, I'm Mike. (laughs) Because seconds after any other idiot would have answered the question, the man who asked the question pulled out a pistol. So if you had any doubt about whether or not you were going to be Mike that day, the pistol pretty much put a period on the end of that sentence. And so naturally I say, what do you do? He goes, nothing. I said, no, I'm not asking what you did for the guy, Mike, to, to, the guy to be looking for you. I'm asking what you do. It's a Bay Area question as a means of employ. He goes, I'm answering you. I'm telling you nothing. I go, well, hmm, how do you live? How do you get money in the bank? At that point, he produces his phone, logs into his Wells Fargo account, and shows me that he's got about $12 million in the bank, according to this app on his phone. I go, that's a lot of money for a guy who doesn't do anything. He goes, well, I got to tell you honestly. I go, I'm listening Honestly. I have been dealing drugs since I was 15. I go, this would explain the who's might comment. He goes, yes and no. (laughs) And then he segues in this discussion about apparently LA kid, Hollywood high, gets into entertainment, but is becomes a a pill dealer, expands, has built a, a multi-million dollar business on the basis of pills and illegal narcotics. to the the friends, families, offspring of of Hollywood celebrities. But like any other CEO, the dude is not, he's not doing hand-to-hand drug sales on the street. He's asking me if I know this guy and this. I said, yeah, I read about that guy. I don't know that guy. He goes, oh, yeah. I go, he buys from you? He's like, he just looks at me like, cop? So he's on one side of me. And the other guy other guy this cat he's a he grew up in Argentina, no visible means of employment, and he said, "Oh yeah, when I was hanging out with Owsley, Owsley, the one who created the ass the, the fucking acid that the Grateful Dead took, and he was like, "Look at this, and he shows me on his phone thousands of pictures of blotter, not blotter that he owns. it's Mark McLeod, the guy who's like the famous kind of blotter blotter acid guy like he collects blotter as art yeah me too except i end up losing it in my mouth no no no. i'm a responsible father now this is not happening but you know what i mean so this is how i spent the post post show and um lydia turns to me and says what do you got in that box and i'm sitting there with a box you know i had merchandise at the show and I just pull out the fight book because it's big and it's impressive. I I'm, where is it? Where the fuck did it go? Well, you, you, got, you should all know what the fight book looks like. I had it around here somewhere. I can't find it now. And so I yeah, pull out the fight book and everybody's like, yeah. yeah. You know, They're not fighters. It's not, our, it's not our people. They're not interested. So I pull out these other two, which you should have, which I had for sale. I sold like four of these. Long, slow screw. I don't know if you've ever seen it. There it is. An actual long, slow screw. And then I picked out the Inimitable Sounds of Love, A Threesome, in Four Acts. Ah, good for you. Yeah, upstairs. You I mean, laugh your ass all the way through that book. And this is designed by some cat up in Canada. That photograph was taken by a Norwegian guy in Paris. Uh-huh. And, uh, and so they, they took those books. out. It's actually pretty, pretty geeked. Now it didn't help me. I told a story. um, I told a couple of stories and you weren't there. I'm not going to tell you the story, but you know, I stick to my, I stick to the tropes of sex and violence. That's my thing. Or violence and sex in this case. I know it was sexy and then it was a little violent and then, and then it was sexy again. It's a, it's a, it's a sex It's a violent sandwich. But that leaves me, you know, my whole week has been jammed up. Kasha had a show, and then she, you know, so I, that's why everything started late. Took the kid to see part of the show, but the, you know, she's not putting up with. Her, gosh, she's tired. She's out with the kid. She's cranky. You know, I, I, I gotta, got I got I got hustle. I gotta get all the stuff done because I don't want to do it late because I can't talk loud if the kid's sleeping. So I'm trying. I'm trying to. Remember. It was a very busy weekend, but it was the, the bi- kind of busy we like. You know, very, very much kind of the kind of busy we like. But I'm racking my brain, and I go, okay, what am I gonna write the Substack about? If you haven't subscribed to the Substack, you have no idea what I'm talking about. EugeneSRobinson.Substack.com. And so I'm thinking two things in my head. I'm telling her this morning. I'm saying, all right, I want to write about Cuomo, who I met back in L.A. at the Democratic National Convention at the hotel where I was hanging out with Bill Clinton. Andrew Cuomo and his sexual harassment deal. I think I have some pretty salient things to say. I got to dig around here. I may have a photograph of me and Cuomo, or I want to write about faggot, not a faggot, not the uh, the word faggot. Made a news presence this week, courtesy of Matt Damon, who said that his daughter had written him a treatise about why he should stop using that word faggot. And he agreed with his daughter. So cruising into 2021 in the middle of a press conference trying to shill his new movie, he says, I will no longer be using the word faggot. Whoa. I wanted to do a sub stack on that because I hang out almost exclusively with fighters. And I haven't heard any one of them use the word faggot to denote somebody's sexual orientation. Or otherwise, for at least 15 fucking years. And the last time I did, I think I was standing with Jake Shields, and Jake Shields was like, what the fuck? Some, some guy, <laughs> you're as likely to hear that, at least here in San Francisco, in a casual conversation. Look, I went to an ex-girlfriend's house for dinner, and her father, a noted, noteworthy Stanford sociology professor, professor, Dick Scott. Wow. I'll tell anything. I don't care. He's talking about wet backs this and wet backs that. I go, whoa, whoa, whoa. You realize that's pejorative, don't you? He's like, is it? He really, honest to God, did not know. Had no fucking idea. Had no idea. Had no idea. So maybe, so I was going to do the piece on 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 on, uh, on, uh, uh, on Matt Damon, Like, what is the context under it was just it baffled me. It was an unforced error, and it baffled me that he could make it. How could you fucking make that? <laughs> and I may still do it. I may still do it. I may still do it. but on a parallel path to that, I'm, my phone is blowing up. My phone is blowing up, and it is um, it is the guy, and I could tell you this. Other people who read this Substack will not know this, so that's a benefit of listening to this show. You get the value add. But it is the guy who's this, used to be the CEO of Conjo Gear, K O N J O, Damian Norkbosch, and he was a fighter. He was a he, the cat who got from Fairtex who got shot in San Francisco about twenty years ago. Trained with him, it's equipment apparel. He wanted. To, he's a, almost a genius want to start a TV show called Enter the Fourth Reich. right? It's like a Nazi hiding out, hears that Arnold has been made governor of California, figures this is the sign the Fourth Reich is starting, comes to California, hijinks ensue. Right? (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) The Boston Pledge of Allegiance. (laughs) That and the fuckface, right? So, um... So he's blowing up my phone, and he goes, "Have you seen this?" And he points me in the direction of this guy, Andrew Rakich. and Andrew Rakich has um, got a thing called My Nazi Roommate. It's got two. It's very funny. It's got two point two million views, like one hundred thirty six thousand likes. To which Heinrich, the guy who's entered the fourth right character, immersive character like Andy Kaufman or Andrew Dice Clay, immersive character. Has been kicked off of YouTube five times. And he's still now petitioning to get back on, to keep removing his piece. So that's what the Substack. Finally I realized I'm going between, you know, Cuomo, Geisler, Cuomo, Gaisler, Gacler, Cuomo. And I realized the whole, my whole morning has been lit up. I got up seven o'clock to train. I got up six o'clock to train jujitsu, going to sleep, sleep very late. And I'm gonna, the, the Substack is right here because we're in, we're in a philosophical morass What that everybody's talking about without really talking about it when they talk about woke and cancel culture and all these bullshit internet words like what's funny? Well funny, you responding to humor it's an involuntary response right? So this is a piece more where comedy where the comedians are complaining but I'm cancelled this, I can't, I can't say anything and, and, but it doesn't at base root comedy is very easy because people laugh they don't laugh. And if they feel like they shouldn't laugh, then they feel bad about laughing and they take it out on you. But if it's really not funny, they don't laugh. Have you ever seen a bad comedian? I'm not talking about Neil Hamburger, a known associate of mine from the old days. I'm talking intentionally bad, doing some postmodern thing. I'm talking about a guy who's just not very good. He's aping the, you know, he's doing the things that, seen comics do you know the ar- if I a rare occasion in which I encountered somebody like a Los Angeles I was like I'm not helping this guy I come from a punk rock tradition help this guy help this guy fuck that guy I was in the front row like for those just listening on SoundCloud deadpan a friend of mine did that when he went to see uh, who was a Chicken George, who's a who's actor who played Chicken George in Roots. I can't even remember his Ben Vereen, and my friend actually is not is Andre Brower from Brooklyn Nine Nine is sitting there, totally disgusted with his his his, his, his Ben Vereen. Ben Vereen comes out of the off the stage, walks down the row, stands in front of Andre Brower, grabs his hands, puts his hands together, looks in Brower's face, and goes clap. I actually like Ben Vereen a lot more after that. (laughs) Of course, Brower, you know, what what they call, uh, there's now a word for it. um, uh, Not cooler, like a crowd cooler or, you know, some guy, just a fucking very public hater, usually in the front row. But Brower, to his credit or to his discredit, sat there like still impassive. For those just listening on SoundCloud, deadpan, you know, dispiritingly slapping his hands together. That's what he did. So um, so the whole Substack is a meditation on, like, you know, how come Reikic gets to do his thing? How, you know, what's the deal with Heinrich being, you know, what is funny? And then people saying none of this is funny. Hogan's Hero is not funny. None of this shit is funny. Uh, this woman, I, I know she won't even buy a German car, won't buy Adidas, doesn't like Ramstein. You know, so it's a meditation on really is there anything beyond the pale of funny? Yeah, it is it's some it's it's amazing that some people are like, um, like, I still don't think Chris Rock is all that funny, right? But he's got a shtick and he manages to pull it off. But there's some Eddie Murphy's comedy for me doesn't hold up, but Eddie Murphy's sketch shit is genius because he's a fantastic mimic. And so he keeps talking about coming back on a stand-up trail. Now, that's like me talking about doing MMA again. I could do it. I would almost want to do it, but I shouldn't do it. And in Eddie Murphy's case, he's got more money than God. There's no need. So that's what I wrote the substack on. You should read it. It's more about comedy and Nazism than it is about Nazism and comedy. Despite the picture of me standing there with the Nazi guy. You realize we, we sauntered all around San Francisco like that. And in order to do that, he wanted a, a concession from me. I go, "What's a concession?" He goes, "If any shit jumps off, I don't want you to run." I go, "What? You see my ear? You see how damaged my ear is? This is for strangers, much less people I know. Don't worry about it." Even though I started to think, what, "What the fuck was that?" I started to think, like, "What kind of picture? What kind of picture does, does that? What, what does that look like?" him being assaulted by, in a full Nazi regalia by a bunch of white guys in San Francisco and me helping the Nazi fighting, that would have been the strangest bit of, of video ever. But then I talk in the piece about what happened, oh, God, Amy Schumer, about what happened when uh, the, the photographer or Jewish photographer happened to uh, run into some German tourists slash frat boys minutes after that photo was taken. Yeah, man. Yeah. So anyway, so this is what uh, this is what I was doing, and I could have been doing this piece last night. However, if I'd done the piece last night, I wouldn't have been. I would have been doing it on Gaysler, or I would have been doing it on Cuomo. And I think this piece that's up there now is much better. What I did instead last night was go to a place where I could watch the fight without paying for it, because I can't pay for that fight that we saw last night and I'm going to Mr Mr Iz is not here couldn't make the show but he laid it out if you follow us on the Twitter machine about exactly where I was going going with it and that this is you have to understand that this is that this was the day that MMA died you might feel positive about it you might overall some of the, I started watching with Menafield that was a and, and Menafield and Herman that was a. Uh, the wife and the kid just showed up. Well, we got some. We got thirty six more minutes. So, um, the menafield and um, and uh, she's a joke thief. She is a joke thief. Yeah, uh, you know. And I don't buy this Carlos Mencia thing of like I'm repurposing. It's like sampling. Yeah, fuck that shit, bro. Before these things came out of my mouth. Well, and this is what we get into in the Nazi piece because uh, Heinrich has been in existence since 2020. This guy Andrew Rakich, start uh, no Heirich has been existing since two thousand. Rakich comes up comes up with this idea in twenty twenty. Actually, lifting some scenes straight from that. Event. So I I, I sought comment from Rakich, and he hasn't gotten back to me yet. We'll see if he does. I'll add him in in the comments later. So I go to a play, because I can't. But you have to understand. You have to understand that this was the fight last night. Everybody here those people just listen on SoundCloud, I'm, 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 I'm wiggling my fingers at the bottom of the screen. Everybody's down here in the weeds. And I'm out here at the forest. And what I'm seeing in the forest is this fight happened for one reason and one reason only. You ever like, you know, I, I was a sex advice column for a long time. For a long time. And you had two types of people, to grossly simplify it. You had people who like fucking and would fuck regardless of their marital state of being and would take reasonable precautions. You know who takes a lot of precautions? Women married to rich men. They make no mistakes. They do not forget birth control pills. They do not leave the earrings. at. They don't make any mistakes. Because they don't want to get separated from that fucking money. They're smart. Men make a lot of mistakes. Because they're stupid. So I said there are two types. The two types are people who are just there. I just came for the party. And the other type are people who are addicted to something else. Half the people who are in AA or NA or any of those groups, I suspect largely, are addicted to guilt. They feel guilty. They feel guilty, and that gives them a form within which they can feel guilty and be guilty with other people. It's not the specific, it's not the specific substance that drives them. It's their the inability to, to do it. And it's it's a, maybe it's cleansing you know, expiation of, I, I don't know what it is. And these people, that from that group, they love being discovered. These are the people who are leaving stuff, who are dropping stuff, who are, you know, you know I got you. Yeah, the fact that you have to ask me, is Francis stripped of the belt? is it, it, We're starting to now telegraph out to exactly what I'm talking about. Precisely what I'm talking about. This whole fight, this whole fight was done for one reason and one reason only. And when I talk about the two types of people, the bald one is not from that former group. The parallel here would be, the, the corollary here would be people who are there for the love of the sport. Now he's there with that other group. Let's call him the instrumentalist. Who are using drugs in order to get something else, or who are using to get something else? They are 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 they have an instrumental involvement. Have an instrumental involvement in, in this game. This fight was put together for one reason and one reason only. This fight was put together to send a message to not only Johnny Boni Joni, but Stipe and Francis Ngannou. How the fuck are you going to create an interim title within three months of the guy winning the title, a guy who is not injured? How the fuck are you going to do that? You've had guys sitting on top of divisions for way longer than 12 weeks. You're gonna go okay. Somebody have said, you know, I don't know who it was. One of the other commentators I work with said, "Well, it's because of the nature of the deal with ESPN. You have to have champion. You have to have championship fights. So, it easy fix was just to make this a championship fight, so they get the requisite number to meet their numbers. They get the requisite number of of, of championship. Well, you know, you know what? This thing is uh, sex column. Uh, sex columns. It's ex- it's totally apropos for me to be commenting on it." Because it's dysfunctional from top to bottom. You know, I'm watching this fight, and I'm watching these commercials from from ESPN, and I was like, nobody gives a shit about this stuff. They got these guys talking about Juve, Juventus and and these other. I know plenty of guys, Euro guys, at Jiu Jitsu who love that game called soccer, and none of them are watching anything on ESPN. <laughs> I don't know anybody who at this point now is tuned into ESPN, except for fighters. So this is the cost center. This is what's driving them to say, we need this many championship fights. But this was like two birds, two stone, one stone. Three birds, one stone. And when I lo- start looking back through the history, let's go back. Uh, let's go back before some of you might remember. Fedor versus Randy Couture. Every reason that we were attracted to the fight game would have been embraced by that fight. Uh, 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 Vadim Finkelsheen, who's the head of M1, said, let's co-brand it. The Baldwin was like, and the Fertittas at the time were like, we built this house, we built this brand, why would we split the cash with you? Because our fighters, our fighters, fifty percent of the take. Like Sting's manager once said, "If Sting doesn't show up, how much money do you make tonight?" Said so, we don't care. They couldn't do the deal. They couldn't. They couldn't. They couldn't do it. He wouldn't budge. They wouldn't budge. They're like, oh well. I was there the night Fedor got got choked by by Verdun. That's not the fight I want to see. I was already softened by the time the whole Lesnar, but I stumbled on the Lesnar thing too and didn't deliver that either. And now it's become increasingly clear to me, increasingly clear to me. I almost want to, I almost mistakenly use the word bobbled. That they're going to bobble, which means an inadvertent error, a mistake. If it happens three times in a row, you got to know it ceased being a mistake a long time ago. A message is being sent to Johnny Boni Joni, to Francis Ngannou, to Skipe, and the message is simply, go fuck yourselves. These guys are some of the best the sport has ever seen, and de facto, some of the best combat athletes the world has ever seen. And all about what happened Saturday night was about telling them, and us, that they're not shit. Like Lloyd Price once told Don King, fighters come and go, you the promoter, you're forever. Well, I don't go for the bald one. I don't need him in the press conference. I don't need his contender series. I don't need him talking to me. When I went to Vegas to have a meeting with those people, when I was representing future publishing, met with Jennifer uh, Wank. I keep wanting to pronounce it the German way, Wank. I'm sneaking peeks at dude in his office. Where's do I have a pen here? Oh, this is close enough. There we go. I got a giant pencil. (laughs) It's like a fucking Muppet. What are you signing in there? Nothing. What are you ordering lunch? So nobody gives a shit about ESPN. In turn, ESPN doesn't really give a shit about, about combat sports outside of the fact that we're the only ones stupid. Do you think anybody in any of those other sports is paying $65 for events to see those events after they've already paid for the for the event, for the, for the access to ESPN Plus? No. I remember something from a Russ Meyer movie where a guy is getting keistered and he's screaming. I think he was... <laughs> He's getting keistered by Uncle Sam, and the the Russ Meyer punchline was the small businessman always gets it in the end. <laughs> well, that's what it feels like to be an MMA fan. And like Mister is suggested, and what I'm suggesting now, and the whole premise of the show is, I, I, I don't need you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, well, Mr. Z, you know, this is, this is the nature of the beast. I, You know, I, I, honest to God, don't need you, right? I mean, there was a time in my life prior to, I've been a combat sports guy my entire life. My grandfather uh, was subscribed to Ring Magazine. We talked about boxing all the time. I don't believe he boxed, but he was obsessed with it. Back in the 60s, this was clearly a way for African-Americans to 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 advance, um, paid attention, then got hit with the Bruce Lee thing, got to correct. If you read the fight book, you know I'm obsessed. But I'm not specifically obsessed. In other words, I could spend the rest of my days tuning in to Craig Jones, Gordon Ryan videos, you know, uh, J... I don't give a shit what to watch Jake do MMA, but I'll watch Jake all day doing grappling. All day. I'll watch him all day. Grapple his ass off. You can't deliver Johnny Boni Joni and Ngannou. I mean, the thing is, and I'm not being a prick about this. I'm not being a categorical prick saying, if you don't let me have my way, I'm not gonna. But Let's talk about the fight that we actually saw. Now, I said in Care, Don't Care, which um, the last one, which we won't talk about again because there's no fight next week and we didn't talk about today. I said that they said, well, who are you going to pick? And I said, I'm going to pick Derek Lewis. No. I'm going to pick Derek Lewis. And she goes, why? I go, I know this is a wishful projection. Because I've never seen Gan push it, and I want to see him push it, and I think that his technique withers in the face of brawl. Um, It did it. It did it. And it's it was as infuriating to me to watch as it is for me to get beaten in jujitsu by guys who are technically better than I am. and some of those guys who are technically better than i am which is pretty much everybody will say stuff to me in the middle of rolling and they'll say like do you have any idea what you're doing and i'll like yeah dominating you <laughs> yeah and one guy actually said um actually said how And i was like all right you got me <laughs> Much like they said about Bobby Green last night, I'm an intuitive fighter. How about that? I'm very ordered in the whole rest of my life. Like, for example, uh, uh, Mr. G, who sometimes comes to the show, Marty G, the guy who I do the J.J.B. with, has got a, everybody's got their move. His move is his killer half guard, and he's got three ways to convert that into, into a sweep. And they're all daisy-chained together. If he doesn't get you with one, I spent four years getting caught with one. I refused to go to YouTube to find out how to defeat it. And when I finally figured out how to stymie the one, he just moves on to number two, which now I sometimes get caught with, but I always get caught with three. And that includes a back take. And somebody was talking to me about his style. He says gentleman jiu-jitsu. It's very, you know, and I go, yeah, yeah. And I and I and I know and I know dude I you know I, I you know I like I like I, you know if he he's like okay you bring your fierceness and that's what Lewis did to God he Lewis tried to bring the fierceness to him and it was just like God apparently was so technically proficient it had zero effect but looking at what he produced you got to be kidding me you gotta be kidding me. You're giving the division over to this guy. I would rather watch Ganu tie his shoes than to watch Gan. So, Yuji, you're being unfair. Am I? Oh, they do wonders with those videos, including speeding them up. That fight was not pleasant. Of course, my the feed I was watching went out halfway through the third round, so I had to scramble and try to recon the people I was with had to scramble and reconstitute it. But that's it. So I said I was wanting I was wanting the status quo to be maintained. I wanted Lewis to win. So in other words, we just kicked the can down the road a little bit, and then Ganu and Jones were still. Primetime TV, the only deal to make in town. And you got to know, he's pulling the Michael Corleone thing. We've got Friendship magazines. You might like a story like that. All the stories that has his big, fat thumbprint on it, you can, you can just taste, you can smell them from a mile away. You can smell those pieces. Anything that diminishes or minimizes the, the, the significance of that fight is clearly done to curry favor or by people who are on the payroll. I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit because there's no way that you can convince me that that's not a fight. No, you can put you could put Cyril gone against Jesus Christ and I will not be convinced that's a better fight. So you, 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 your taste is just unsophisticated. You just want to see some guy's slang and bang. I go, no, I, you know. I, uh, they always call it a chess game. But you know what? We're not watching chess. <laughs> Many of us play chess. We like the chess. Right. Your connection is unstable. Please try. Wait while we try reconnecting. I'm guessing I'm reconnected. This is not about greed, and that's the thing that makes it perverse and sickening and something that's dysfunctional. I mean, ESPN doesn't give a shit about it. Endeavor, if you go back to my story of a few shows ago, doesn't give a shit about it. I told you meeting that executive from 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 Endeavor and the guys. So you got to come to L.A. Yeah, yeah. I think the guy's gonna get me cage side seats. What does he tell me about PBR? Not Paps Blue Ribbon Professional Bull Riding. Now that's the shit. Jesus Christ. So we're like we're like the abused woman everywhere we go. ESPN doesn't respect us. They just they use us. Uh, Endeavor doesn't respect us. They fucking use us. The Baldwin one clearly doesn't respect us and the fighters. And at a certain point, I'm not getting information from this sport. I came to this sport because this information bolsters my ideas about the platonic triad, the true, the beautiful, the good, overcoming the, the, the human spirit, overcoming all that all high that highfalutin talk that I really almost can't really start to talk about because it starts to sound like honor and loyalty and these amorphous things that nobody really knows what they mean. Yeah, it's, it's gotten to that point now. It's easier. It's easier. And I don't have to listen to these shills. These shills. Look, DC is a friend of knuckle up. And, you know, I always... Guy taking his time to further my fortunes. I don't want to shit on him. jogan realized, hey, I got a career outside of this. I can't seem to be, and I just got 160. I can't seem to be such a cheese eater. I got to, I actually, he likes hanging out with the fighters much more than he likes hanging out with the Baldwin. I can tell. Seen him hang out at 209 of the Jake Jake and Gil and those cats. But, you know, you got guys who are motivated sellers. Chael Sonnen, where is he going to go? What is he going to do? RoboCop said, don't worry, they'll fix it. They fix everything. It's a, it's a spirit-crushing endeavor. It's a spirit. I mean, how many times do we have to, like, did you put the toaster back where I told you to put the toaster back? Oh, no. How many times before we set the bed on fire? Well, I tell you, I tell you. I said it before, and I'm I'm reconstituting that message here. Let me let me back up a bit. I used to uh, this guy, uh, I always refer Russian Israeli uh, multi millionaire, gets me to start Skull Game for him as a porn review site. He figures as a product accelerator, he can sell lots of. Just review porn and people, it'll become like the Yelp for, for porn. So he's, he's $4,000 a month. So I'm in. I'll do it. Whatever. I'm really glad to do it. Okay. One of my reviews, everybody thinks it was a good gig. You can't a Shalala and Me on my own show. If you've already heard that, it, you, know, um, you know, just be patient. So, so, um, so. You know, everybody says, "Hey, I want to review some porn until I show up at their house with 20 DVDs," and then people realize, "Oh shit, this is this is a lot of work." One guy, you know, never missed a deadline; his stuff was always in. But I'm always I'm reading his reviews, and they're getting stranger and stranger and stranger. Not the guy that we call the Flying Dutchman, who would exclusively review trans sex videos, and then invited me to his house after telling me that he wasn't gay, but he just preferred the penis because it was a much more attractive organ. (laughs) it's like, okay, man, that's sort of the definition of gay, but all right, I'll come to your house. I don't care. You know, it's not like you're going to attack me, right? (laughs) So, but he wasn't the guy I'm talking about. I'm talking about this other guy. And finally he said, hey, man, hey, uh, how are you how are you watching all this? Because I know how I did it. I would open a little screen in the screen, and the porn would be playing while I was writing and putting together the page. And if it got my attention, then I would then I would you know I'd stop and look, and then I'd kind of review. He goes, I'm reviewing it based on the covers. And at first I was like, that's cheating and that's shitty. And then I go, then that's total genius, total fucking genius, actually. Total genius. So while I find I find somehow this community indispensable to my mental well-being, you, if you must know, there might come a point where you notice that my reviews of the fights have gotten strange, and it's because I've ceased watching them. Much like some of you, I see in the comments, much like some of you, I'm just reading the commentary the day after. Not watching them live, not subjecting my family to certain misery of having me walk around with wireless headphones as they try to talk to me. I'm like, uh huh, yeah, uh huh, go, 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 go. <laughs> None of that. Hmm. That's the next stage before getting out. You know, there was a time in my life where I wasn't paying attention to MMA. But having watched the first UFC and been into it since then, it seems very strange and disorienting. But it's pretty clear to me, if it hasn't been clear to me, clear to me before, that in exchange for the sausages I give him, I get shit. And I'm being told I should like it. Hey. I'm the steroids too. Hey, you got a line? <laughs> hey, well, you know, in all fairness, the guy's a good guy. He just said he prefers the way it looks. You know, I've often said, I've often, what I've said, and this is, makes sense from the father of four daughters and the brother of the four sisters that that I think that that physically that, that women are perfect. By which I mean, if I had to model I had to, if I had skills like this is modeling a piece of clay, there's a symmetry to the to the female form that's perfect. There are no extra parts, right? I mean if you were trying to sculpt a man, it's like, what do you what's this, what this cock thing? What is, this is just the pendage here that's kind of hanging and it's it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't make any sense. It's like there's one penis but there are two balls. I, mean, I got two eyes, I got two ears, but I got two balls, but I only got one it's just it's, it's just a catastrophe. However, where men, where men, outside of the strength thing, where men really benefit internal. I mean, I, I hate to say it, but if you would have dropped it on me ten years ago, fifteen years ago, twenty-five years ago, or five years from now, you're pretty much gonna get the same Eugene. <laughs> you get the same meuje. From month to month, from day to day, from week to week, outside of minor alterations or quirks in my day, I'm pretty much the same guy. Even when I was taking steroids, I was I was not prone to any flights of uh, you know, I did roid rages, but I wasn't one of those guys either. Like guys in high school, you drinking with, man, this this makes me crazy. I knew a guy. Let's call him. Uh, he would. He he called. He took anavar. Called him his mean pills. I was like, man, I I was the happiest, mellowest guy on steroids. Just the happy, the happy wanderer. It <laughs> doesn't mean that I was always pro-social. You know, I was doing antisocial shit, but I did it with a smile on my face. I felt pretty good about what I was doing. <laughs> Whether it was a yanking out a bike rack and throwing it into the street because it got in my way, <laughs> uh, yeah. Every people use it, they want the, they want the excuses. They yeah, they'll get them. I generally increase my feelings of well being a thousand percent, pathologically so. That's not. We're getting off topic. Yeah, the topic in this instance is. You know the single-handed destruction, and let me tell you, let me tell you, when we got back to the discussion of murder, and and g- good and evil, mostly evil, of last week, um, I I have hated to say it, I have hated to say it, but it seems to me clearly, if you don't confine your your, if you don't confine your prima mobile, your first. If 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 you realize that we function better in society as products of society generated by a society, if you can embrace that, then the lone individual they try to sell us with these westerns and all that shit, um, um, you know, uh, those never have positive outcomes. Those never. I'm not saying that collective action always has positive outcomes, but as soon as you got a name. That's above everybody else on the masthead, you got problems. I worked with Steve Jobs. I spoke to Steve Jobs. I actually sort of like Steve Jobs, but that was not a healthy organization. The fearless leader stuff doesn't work. Collective action, it's slower. It's kludgy. It doesn't feel clean. It's easy to suborn. But in total, I think that you sort of get better decisions, better outcomes. Think about if George Washington hadn't left. Setting a precedent of other people who would not leave. Is there any reason that we would not be any different from any other republic where that happens? So the power center changes and you you know Hitler hated parliamentary systems because the power was diffuse. not focused. Show me somebody who had focused power who wasn't a scientist who used it for, for, for reasonable ends. I'm looking at the bald one. and what I'm saying is largely outside of personality type that he can't help it. He cannot help it. It will be it's it will be virtually impossible. <laughs> Archer shows up six minutes left. <laughs> hey, oh man. Oh, you guys are just about to oh you oh you are on stage now. I'm gonna smoke a cig, I'll be right in. <laughs> this cat I meet this writer guy. It's that uh African American. At. And he just says, "I've written this book about uh, uh, queer black stories. 101 stories in the book." And you know, we're talking pretty nicely. I met him through the promoter at the show on Thursday. Mad chatting. I can't remember. He's got a really interesting name, like Benston Presnell or some Pushnell or some interesting name, which now I've forgotten. I'm hoping that he would reach out. I want to read his book. And at one point, he says, "Hey, you know, I can see he's kind of guarded at first. Right? It's a little guarded." You know, because he thinks I'm going to, that, you know, you just never know, you know, he, that I might be a homophobe. I don't give a shit. I, you, you, just somebody talking to me after a show. Okay. And he says, hey, um, before you, you leave, I was going to dinner with Lydia and the Mark McLeod and the the drug dealer from 15 years old. So can we take a picture together? And I was like, yeah, sure. We take a picture. And, you know, I put my arm around the guy and he takes a picture and he goes, I'm going to post this on my site. I say like, cool. He goes, I'm gonna tell everybody you're my father. Father, bro, how, how old are you? And the guy goes 38, and I'm like, uh, had to take that one. <laughs> yeah, my birthday's coming up. I'll be 59. Conceivably, he could be my son. Fuck, bro, it hurt. I talk. Hey, I've been talking to you for 10 minutes. It's been so nice to you, and you and you do me like that you're my father (laughs) okay all right we'll start dyeing the hair again that's what i'm gonna do in short order so anyway you know i know you say the day mma died it seems doom and gloom i got that new york thing everybody who i care about i've rehearsed their death hundreds of times in my head that is mr is is here a hundred times in my head So the sum total is that when they die, assuming it's not unexpected, it's almost a relief because I don't have to live through them dying again and again and again and again. So it's not a sad time for me that MMA died last night. (laughs) And... I had to. The kid went to sleep, so I had to watch the. Uh, I had to watch the Jose Aldo Pedro Munoz fight without the sound, and I swore to God that Pedro Munoz won one and two. I wasn't listening to the commentary, and that Jose tried to put away in three. He won a unanimous decision. I was like, "We're in crazy town. We're in crazy town. We're in crazy town." Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Petra's fine, farm remembers. Yeah, yeah. Munoz uh, is dead to me. Dead. All that high fiving and low fiving and hugging and stuff. You know, I don't trust Brazi- Brazilian guys to fight Brazilian guys under the best of circumstances, unless I know that they're and unless I know that they're sworn enemies. Like I knew Belfort and and uh, and uh, and Anderson would be great. Because there's a whole re- weird racial politic, too. There's a whole weird racial politic, too. Uh, Eugenio Tadao Sorrell's coach, end up chasing one of the Gracies into the water at the beach at Copacabana, shooting at him. Because they thought it was funny to call him the little nigga. And dude had had it. <laughs> Not gonna do jiu-jitsu now, chase you with a gun. So, but if it's not, if there's not that element, if they don't really hate each other, I don't trust Brazilian guys to fight Brazilian guys. And there were other fights in the card: Carolina Kowalkiewicz, other sports. beckon. I, I didn't even care about the fight on the care, don't care thing because I could see the light has gone out of her eyes. This whole fight was an apostasy. It was a mockery of a travesty of a sham. And and if you paid for it you know, woe betide you. And that this is it. This is it. This is it. Peggy Lee asked, is that all there is? And this is it. They're not going to make that Johnny Boney Joni fight and Francis and Ngannou. They're going to fuck both those guys and we're going to take it and like it. Exactly. Exactly. Clearly they don't care. Or what they care about is 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 outside of what we're caring about. It's like, have you, I don't know if you've ever watched the fights with fighters. Fighters are the least interested in what's going on. Anything out of their weight division, they don't give a shit about. And even in their weight division, if the guy's not below them on the rankings, they don't give a shit. They're talking and they're goofing off and dancing in the kitchen and doing whatever. They do not care. Shocking to me. They watch it like some people watch football. It's, just, it's a social occasion. For me, I'm... I'm paying attention. It's like the Zapruder film. So it's dead. It's dead. I tell you this on this show for a very specific reason. I've been doing some variation of this show since 2007. The Fight Book came out. And Scott Kelly from Neurosis asked me to to be interviewed on Combat Miscredo and then do my own show. Before that, I wrote for Grappling Magazine, where I would fight a pro every month and write about it. a column I called Damage Inc., the same column that, and the same title I'm using for my column in Decibel Now. Yeah, and those idiots in Texas, that, that, that was the, the depressing cherry on a depressing cake. And when they asked the one about it, he goes, I don't give a shit. There's no mask mandate. I don't give a shit. I'm sure he thought what he was saying is uh, what he was saying is I am I am not going to have a discussion about that now, but <laughs> that came out, every way he wanted it to come off. It came off that way. It's like watching at this point the world's worst pornography. I can't even trick myself anymore. If you're not willing to make the fight that touches the platonic triad, why are we even here? Well, because he Casey Kenny What, rematch with Dominic Cruz? Give a fuck about that? get the fuck about that? You know that. So Francis Ngannou is gonna fight gone. And now we know the bald one's jungle wants gone to win because for whatever reason, he's more malleable, gets paid less. He gets me. His His English is not good enough for him to talk smack. He's not on the. Whatever. They don't like this African block of fight. I don't know why. It's all about resistance with the man who's shoveling sausages on his plate. So I tell you this very specifically. I'm not going to stop doing the show. I'm not even going to stop talking about the fights. But there may come a point. Where if you actually watch the fight and you hear me talk about it, that you might say, I I don't think you just watch the fight. And I want you to know that I know that you will know. And I want you to know when you know that I know that you know that I'm not doing it because I'm trying to trick you. I'm telling you now why I'm doing what I will be doing. So the issue is not Eugene's falling off. The issue is Eugene said months ago that he had had it. He said he's going to had it. This show fills some sort of emotional need for him. He keeps doing it, as well as his sole source of income at this point. I guess he's going to keep doing it. But the reviews, oh, I got it. I don't really watch a show for reviews anyway, and he doesn't watch the fights for reviews anyway. So none of us are referencing anything in the fights. Perfect. And I'm sure the bald one would rather have it be that way. It's not for the guys who watch every weekend. That's not who the sport is for. (laughs) No, no, no. I mean, no, no. They'll have to fire me. They'll have to fire me off of care don't care. Eventually, they will when they start to feel like the reviews I'm giving to the fights don't match up with what actually happened in the cage. But now you know, it's not that like Eugene is dropping off. He called this shot. Yeah, yeah, he didn't get that message. <laughs> so at some point, yeah, at some point. We all got to go. Why not now? Like I said in one of the past shows, I give them until the end of 2020 to put together if it's going to happen, it's going to happen by the end of 2020. I'm not talking about the actual fight having happened. I'm talking about hearing about the fight. So we'll see. We'll see. Anyway, this is the end of the show. I can't scream. I think the kid is taking a nap or has gone to sleep early because they're in the bedroom and it's quiet, so I can't scream to end the show. Eugene S. Robinson dot sub sub Subscribe. You can do it for free or you can pay $7 for the, a month, a $70 for the year, whatever you want. Whatever you want. This is my birth month. I will only tell you today if you promise not to tell anybody on Facebook. Because I just can't stand the thing that I got a thousand things on my thing for Facebook. Don't need people to know. Yeah, yeah. And that's like, like the guy who said, the this Roman senator who at the end of every speech would say, Oh, uh, and one other thing, destroy Carthage. I think I must do that now. Fuck the bald one. The guy's destroying the sport. He who once saved it is now destroying it. And that's all there is to it. Anyway, uh, there is no Care, Don't Care Monday, but uh, Kid Not Tay is back Tuesday for If the Shoes Fit, as well as the uh, uh, Metal Evolution, I think, is and the Hip Hop Evolution, the whole series is running. I don't know what that means. I'm on it. Don't watch it. It's like Peter North. I interviewed the guy once. He talked about watching his own porn. It was inconceivable to me at the time that he wouldn't watch his own porn. Then it made total sense to me when I started making it. I mean, or oh, when I talked to more people who were making it. <laughs> so Anyway, we'll see you. Read the Substack. Tell the world. Send it to other people. And uh, 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 Inshallah, we'll see you. We'll see you next Sunday. You don't don't eat any bad mushrooms. Look what you made me do!